With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long.
there's any other team in the NFL that has a greater song than that to rev up the fans and the players, as we saw with Arthur Motes this weekend singing Renegade online, I don't know of any team. Hey, hey, it's Brian Davis along with Zach Parnes, and welcome to Steelers Six Pack of Factor Fiction for another week. It's the show where we take bold statements regarding the state of our favorites, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and label them as fact or fiction. Now, you know our views aren't always going to, going to coincide, and neither will yours. So we want you to join in by calling 347-850-8581. But wait until later on in the show when we're done with the six-pack of facts, and we'll get to your calls. Zach, welcome once again to six-pack of fact or fiction. How are you doing tonight on the left coast? Oh, boy, round two, Brian, and I'll have to say it's nice and sunny out here, uh, but I would hate to be in Pittsburgh where I understand there's a bit of rain today, so good thing I'm out of I tell you what, we had a downpour. I, as you know, I'm in Maryland, your home state, and today we had a downpour that almost made me pull over on 70. It was that bad, but uh, we needed it because that grass is brown over on the East Coast. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what, you know what, Zach? The grass that I'm thinking of right now is the grass on Heinz Field. That not too long from now we're going to be playing football. So once again, Steeler Nation is thinking about the Steelers 24/7, 52, 365. So we're going to talk about Steeler football, and we're going to make some bold statements, and we're going to get into fact or fiction. And as always, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Frank's the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878, or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304 712 2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real result. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. I did, and I can't wait till my package comes in the mail this week. So we've got lots to talk about, Zach. Are you ready to get into the fact or wallow in the fiction? Let's get it. Hopefully a comfortable balance. All right. To, I might have to pay royalties on this, but to quote Michael Buffer, let's get it on. Actually, I, <laughs> I think that was Marvin Gaye. But I digress. Number one, despite the ugly battles with Cincinnati as of late, the Baltimore Ravens are still public enemy number one for Steeler Nation. Fact or fiction? Well, you know, Brian, in my personal opinion here, we're both Maryland guys uh, living there right now, which definitely would love to be back uh, in the state that pays home to the black and gold. But, of course, I am one state lower. However, I'm going to have to say that this is a fact. The Baltimore Ravens, if you have watched these series that these teams have played, these are the hardest-hitting games in football right now. And I think anybody else who has watched them would agree with me. These are both teams that just hate each other. And I know a lot of people like to talk about Cincinnati. And some people even mention Cleveland for the longevity uh, that the team has been there. But I will tell you right now, the Ravens, Steeler games are the grittiest experiences you will ever experience. For those Steeler fans who have never been 
to M&T Bank Stadium. First off, it is an amazing place to watch a game. It's truly fantastic, unless you're wearing black and gold, in which case you should expect to have four Miller Lights dumped on you and a, th- and a few bags of popcorn <laughs> thrown your way, and maybe even some hamburgers slapped aggressively in your face. The bottom line is, is the Ravens and Steelers, they don't get along. We do not get along whatsoever with this team. Uh, you know, there has been countless, countless games that I can remember with controversy in the past. Maybe now we want to start shifting towards that Cincinnati Bengals uh, sort of focus, mainly because of one man, Vontez Perfect. But I will tell you, it is still very alive and well. The Steelers-Ravens rivalry might be the best football today. Well, I will see your Vontez Perfect. I will also raise you a Domino Pecco, a Pac-Man Jones, and a few of those other thugs, too, that uh, I can't even remember that one guy in 96, whatever his name was, that uh, caused uh, Gilberry, Wallace Gilberry last year, that just caused so much problems in the playoffs. That team, right now for me, is public enemy number one. So I'm going to say that that's fiction, and Cincinnati has eclipsed the Baltimore Ravens as the enemy for the black and gold. And the reason I say that, those games last year and even the year before were just so ugly. Two years in a row, Cincinnati ended the season of Le'Veon Bell. And you could, you could really say that last year, Cincinnati ended with nothing but thuggery, ended the Steelers' Super Bowl dreams that if they had a full team last year, that team wins the Super Bowl. We discussed that last week. Cincinnati right now is just hated by the Steelers fans and the Steelers alike. They can't wait to play each other. Ramon Foster talks about it, how much he can't stand. He can't stand them. And now with the Joey Porter incident last year, even Mike Munchak, which was a complete accident, grabbing Reggie Nelson's hair. I mean, Cincinnati just can't stand Pittsburgh either. But here's the thing. Those are the least knowledgeable fans in in football as far as I as far as I can tell. They uh they're Johnny come lately, they will leave when that team's down, even in a close game. And nothing excited me more to see the the uh picture of that girl last year at the end of the playoff game just crying in the stands cuz I just can't stand the fans either. So Cincinnati for me is public enemy number one. And another reason, we ran an article last year, ran a commentary on Behind the Still Curtain. And what it was is asked who was public enemy number one, and Cincinnati and Vontez Perfect led it. Now, the timing could have swayed the answer just for the fact that, that uh, it was right after the, uh, the game where uh, Perfect was, uh, really was uh, called out as, as a problem, and uh, the one in Cincinnati late in December. So that's when we ran that article. But the main reason that I say that is Baltimore Ravens fans and Steelers fans agree that they respect the teams more. But both teams agree that they do not respect Cincinnati of all, at all. So I will say Cincinnati is and will remain throughout 2016 and beyond the new public enemy number one. Well, you know, Brian, it's, it's interesting just because I feel like a lot of this is new, like you're saying. This is all relatively kind of been birthed in the last couple of seasons from guys that we're seeing, 
you know, Cincinnati really giving Pittsburgh a hard time as far as injuries have gone. But let's not forget the Steelers have also had some bad injuries uh, towards the Bengals in the past, ending Rudy Johnson's season a while back. And then, of course, the Bengals going very strong in that AFC wildcard game before Kimo von Olhoffen uh, tears Carson Palmer's ACL. So maybe this is almost sort of a, a fate little rivalry that's happening right now because both sides have seen some significant injuries, some hard hits, you know, that go a little bit beyond what football normally is. And that's what I think makes it interesting. So I do like the notion that it could be a new public enemy number one. That could be something that's rising versus Ray Lewis and the Ravens and Ed Reed, who are now sort of on the decline. Well, that's one that we will definitely agree to disagree with, or maybe we just agree that it's a tie at the top for public enemy number one. (laughs) So we have a fact and a fiction on that one. So let's go on to number two, fact or fiction. Senquez Golson, remember him? He will have the greatest impact in the secondary among players seeking seeing first time action in 2016. You know, Brian, I, I have to go with fiction on this one. Listen, I think Golson has phenomenal potential. I think that this is a guy who, when we take a look at what he can accomplish in the secondary, it really is embodiment of what Steeler football is all about. And I was saying a lot about this about Ryan Shazier last time. But I I really think that this is a team that if you take a look at what Golson is trying to bring to it, he might not have the exact youth that other uh, you know that the team is looking for. Now, granted, he is a bit of a younger player. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's only in his second season and was a second round pick. He has great potential, but my eyes big time are on the guy who is most likely going to be in the starting spot at either the left or the right corner, and that's going to be Artie Ferns. This is a guy who is the top corner on a lot of team boards coming into draft day, and he falls so far down to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is absolutely fantastic. I've been telling this, I've been screaming at the television for the last five years for the Steelers to go out and take a corner in the first round. And finally, they do it with a guy like Artie Burns, and I think that he's going to show the most immediate impact as soon as he comes out. Uh, of training camp and onto the field, hopefully, on week one. Well, I I agree with you on Artie Burns, but I really think that I'm going to go with fact here. And the reason I'm going to do that, not to disagree, but just for the fact that 14 interceptions in his college career, especially 10 in his final season at Ole Miss in the SEC, I mean, that doesn't lie. That right there is a kid that knows how to play. He's a hawk for the he's a ball hawk. Now I know you could come back right away and say Gerard Holloman had a plethora of interceptions his final year and didn't even make a, make it out of training camp. I know that's true, but this guy has something special. It was said that if this guy was just a couple of inches taller, he would have been a first round pick, and I truly believe that. I think this guy has a nose for the ball, and I think he's going to pick off three or four as that, as that slot corner and get a, get a big chance to uh, be the Steelers' rookie of the year next year if you can count him as a rookie, and I, I'm pretty sure you can because you did not see the field. I think this guy is the guy that's going to have the most impact. Artie Burns, I think he's a fantastic pick. I actually like the pick. I know a lot of people were disappointed, wanted William Jackson III, but he didn't pan out because Cincinnati moved up and Cincinnati 
actually wanted another corner. I have no problem with that. But Burns is going to be more of a project. Not that he needs to be a project. They're going to move him around slowly. I don't think he's going to see a lot of action early. A lot like Troy Palomalu back in 2003 as a rookie year. People were thinking that this guy might possibly be a bust because he hardly saw the field until about week eight against the St. Louis Rams back in 2003. So I don't think Burns is going to have as much of a chance, and I think Senquez is going to sneak in there and have a big impact early and excite the fans at Heinz Field and on the road. Well, you know, you're talking about his weakness of him being, you know, kind of a smaller guy, and, and you know, that was exploited in college. Uh, you know, in his senior year, he only allowed four touchdowns, okay, and three of those were to guys who were six foot three or taller. I mean, we are now in a point in the NFL where wide receivers are starting to look more like professional basketball players than pro football players. I mean, A.J. Green right now, arguably one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the AFC besides Antonio Brown, is six foot four, and the guy has been absolutely dominating out there. Torrey Smith is six one for the Baltimore Ravens, not quite as tall, but we're still talking about a guy who's going to be four inches taller than Golson on the outside, and that was his biggest doubt when he was coming to play uh, the pro game. I really think that, you know, he's got a lot of aggressive tackling skills to him. He, he's very smart. You know, he, he reminded a lot of people, and I remember when Mel Kuyper was talking about this in the draft, he reminded a lot of people of Brent Grimes uh, from, the, from, the, uh, from the Miami Dolphins, now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's in all sorts of different uh, debacles right now based on his wife's social media exploits. But, um, you know, I will say that this guy – has the ability to really embody what a Steeler can be, and that's what I was saying a little bit earlier. But at the same time, I really like the rookie to come through and maybe make some plays down the stretch. Well, I hope it's a battle to the end, and they're both shining. And then it's I, I'm hoping it's a draw. But here's two guys. I want to go back to Senquez real quick. Two guys that he did shut down his last year in college. Amari Cooper, star rookie for the Raiders last year. Also, I mean – Stand out at the University of Alabama. And another guy, Sammy Coates, the third-round pick of the Steelers, who's, uh, what is he, 6'2"? And uh, he shut both those guys down his senior year, and those are notable guys to shut down. So he has had some success against bigger guys, too. We'll just have to wait and see on that one, but I'm hoping we see a lot of good action from both of those rookies, and uh, we see a lot of them in the next 10, 15 years just anchoring that secondary that would be great for all of us let's move on to number three ben roethlisberger was the least pressured quarterback in the nfl last season you know this one is tough because if you take a look at the numbers um you know they will tell you it's ben roethlisberger um so that sort of side tells me to go fact but i really want to go fiction um and i want to say it's one other guy um, who comes to mind, and this is a guy who's in this conversation every single year, and that man is Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady, he has quite the offensive line in front of him with guys like Nate Solder, uh, you know, and I think that he has had the opportunity mainly because he gets rid of the ball much quicker than Ben. If you take a look at what Roethlisberger does and has done his whole career, I mean, he sells the pump pick. He really is maybe the guy – uh, with the best fake throwing arm in the league. I mean, he gets every camera guy on NFL Network every time he, 
he fakes across the middle. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that this is a tendency that Roethlisberger has, and that's why he tends to extend the play a little bit more, which is why he's going to have some more sack numbers. But I think as far as least pressure and, you know, the amount of plays that are just produced off the line of scrimmage, I have to give it to Tom Brady on that one. Well, you know what? Statistically, it was Ben Roethlisberger, which surprises a lot of people, given the fact that, his starting center was gone for the entire year in Marquise Pouncey. But Mike Munchak, and we had, this, we had this factor fiction just a couple weeks ago of Mike being the uh, most valuable free agent pickup um, or acquisition of the Mike Tomlin era. And uh, he's a big reason why that, that, that line, there's studs right now. They're not letting Ben get hit as much as he had been in the past. And now – He's getting a chance to throw the ball, and that's why he's having circus-like numbers now. I mean, he has the talent at wide receiver, but not being on his back as much is keeping him upright, and he's not getting the pressure, which is fantastic. I agree with you. I would have thought it would be Tom Brady also. But who would have thunk just a couple years ago, even when the Steelers won, won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 43, when the weakness of that team was the offensive line, who would have thunk that in 2015 and going into 2016, this is the quarterback that's getting pressured the least? I would have never guessed that. So that's something very positive to hear, and that's something that I feel will continue in 2016 as long as everybody's healthy. But even if they're not, even if you could bring in a guy like Cody Wallace to go ahead and anchor that line of center, even if you could bring in somebody else, they're being coached right and they're keeping their quarterback safe, and that's why the numbers are going up on offense. And that's why Pittsburgh the, the, uh, is a threat for the Super Bowl once again this year. So it is fact, and I hope it remains a fact. You know, I, I also want to call to a, a, a very important statistic. When Roethlisberger was pressured this year, when, when under pressure, he only had one interception this year. I mean, that's just good football from Ben Roethlisberger. That's just smart decision-making. But here's the real kicker. With that one interception, he had 11 touchdowns. So I don't know why the Steelers just don't give a nice little pass to, uh, to everybody on the O-line, especially uh, Marty, or, yeah, Pouncey. And, uh, and, you know, the rest of the line, including David DeCastro, and give him maybe a week off because it seems like that Ben does a pretty darn good job when he has, some, when he has pressure uh, versus, a little, uh, versus having more time. Well, uh, back in 1984 when uh, Dan Marino was in his second year and he was going to the Super Bowl with the, the Miami Dolphins, he started doing an ad campaign. And I don't know if you remember this or have heard of this, it was for Isotoner gloves, and he gave Isotoners to his entire offensive line. And the, uh, the catchphrase was, take care of the hands that take care of you. So I think Ben Roethlisberger needs to continue to buy those guys dinners and Rolexes and Isotoners and anything they want to keep him on the field. And, in fact, I'll throw in a, a five bucks. <laughs> Any well, donation is some said, there, Brian. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said any donation is some donation. I'm sure they would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my five bucks isn't going to get them a Starbucks these days, but maybe, uh, maybe they'll appreciate it. Who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, Chris Hubbard would enjoy it. I don't know. 
Let's go to the – we're at the halfway point right now um, of Steelers' six-pack of Factor Fiction, brought to you by Centerfield Smoke and brought to you by Frank Walker. Let's hear a little bit from Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Once again, Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Any kind of Pittsburgh apparel is on there, and there's some very clever stuff. So check that out. Like I said, I've added to my collection, and I have a lot of black and gold in my closet. And now, Centerfield Smoke is going to be represented on my body and in my closet. So you should check it out, too. Zach, take a look at that later on. We will have to. All right. So we are at the halfway point. And once again, we are going to be taking callers when we get at the end of the six-pack of Factor Fiction. So uh, please feel free to call in. And that, once again, is 347-850-8581. The phones are already lighting up, and we appreciate that. And we will be getting to our calls in just about 10 to 15 minutes. But let's continue now with Steelers' six-pack of fact or fiction. And right now we're going to go to the head man, Mike Tomlin. So, Zach, fact or fiction, Mike Tomlin will be the Steelers' head coach in the next five years. You know, I got to go fact on this one, Brian. Is there any reason to dismiss Mike Tomlin right now? I don't think so. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week as well. Do we see this as the last, uh, the last season for Pittsburgh to really, you know, hoist the Lombardi uh, and really be one of the favorites to do so? And I had said that it wasn't, and I'm going to leave it that way because I think that Tomlin has built this team – around the longevity of winning a title next year or the year after that or the year after that. There is no doubt in my mind that Mike Tomlin will most likely be a head coach for the next five, if not six, seven, eight years. Uh, You know, obviously anything could happen, you know, knock on wood, but we could see Roethlisberger uh, go down with a really bad injury and the team starts spiraling out of control and they have to trade assets and boom, the first thing that usually goes in that situation is the head coach. But as of right now, it's hard not to see Tomlin uh, repping a Steelers uniform in 2021. Not only am I going to say fact, I'm going to change the statement. I'm going to say Mike Tomlin will leave Pittsburgh when Mike Tomlin wants to leave Pittsburgh, and that is the bottom line. Because in this organization, the Roonies are the most stable organization, the most stable set of owners in all of professional sports. Now, I was born in 1971 long time ago. There have only been two hires of head coaches in my lifetime. Chuck Knoll came in 1969. In 1992, it was Bill Cower, And in 2007, it was Mike Tomlin. Look at this, though. The guy has never had a losing season. 
and he is going in to his 10th season in Pittsburgh. Now, what we feel is a bad season, some teams like Jacksonville and Cleveland would kill for an 8-8 eight and eight season. Now, Mike's had a couple of those at the helm in Pittsburgh. That in Pittsburgh is bad, but it's not enough to get you dismissed. And he has his own players, and that team is in the mold of Mike Tomlin now and Kevin Colbert. But with Mike Tomlin, he has a stamp on this team now, and he has the team he wants right now. And they're going in, getting ready for a very positive 2016 by, by all accounts. We'll see what happens on the field, but it seems very promising. And I think it's just a thing that if he decides that he wants to go somewhere else, that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because I can't see him wanting to go anywhere else at this point. But Mike Tomlin will leave when Mike Tomlin wants to leave. This ownership is not going to get rid of him. It's not the Cleveland Browns ownership where they'll, they'll just fire a guy after one season like they just did in 2013, which was I thought was completely ridiculous when, when they did that. And that was, I can't remember the guy's name. It was the guy uh, came from Boston College. Uh, the head coach that they got rid of, and they they continue to get rid of these guys. So um, it looks like they do have a good good coach this year coming in from Cincinnati. Um, I think that's going to be positive for them. But who knows? They change they change coaches like I change underwear. The Steelers <laughs> change coaches well, I think, I think like man, most people change man, houses. I think the thing the man you were thinking of was Rob Chazinski. Uh, who was there Thank for you. That's exactly who I was and, thinking of. And then Mike Katine took over afterwards. Now he's gone, and it's Hugh Jackson. So thank God we're Yeah, Hugh Jackson Brown. now. Yeah, listen, oh, yeah. Mike, Mike Tottman could easily be a sealer, uh, you know, for a very long time. 92-52 and 52, uh, regular season record. And you talk about 11 wins in the playoffs, especially since this team has only gone to the Super Bowl twice under him. Uh, you know, this is this is still a team that has had – a lot of struggles uh, or what deemed to be struggles in Pittsburgh, like you said, eight and eight seasons. Those are bad in Pittsburgh, but not enough to get you fired. But now this team, 11 and five, 10 and six, I think the fan base is hoping for another 10 win season. Again, Tomlin's got to deliver on that. If the expectations get a little high, uh, it could be something that could fall over, but I see Tomlin being there for a long, long time. But here's, one thing that a lot of people forget right now, Bill Cower is regarded as a Steeler coaching legend and God. And I feel that way. I love Bill Cower. But if you go back to 1998, 99 and 2000, Steeler nation wanted him fired. They wanted him gone. They were calling for his head. And back then I was saying, the Rooney's aren't going to get rid of this guy. They're not going to do it because there's no reason they stick with their guys. They give them a plan, and they let them build their team. You're just not going to have success every single year, and there's going to be some down seasons. Now, those down seasons back in, like I said, 98, 99, and 2000, they weren't completely terrible. In fact, one of them was, was a 9-7 and seven season that they almost made the playoffs, but, uh, but Minnesota rested their players against Indianapolis, and Indianapolis went to the playoffs, and Minnesota, who's already in the playoffs, started Bubby Brister of all, 
of all players, and uh, Pittsburgh did not get to go to the playoffs that year, or they would have went that year. That was the one stretch where Pittsburgh struggled, but they wanted Cowher gone. Now, you would people that wanted him gone now would not even dream of saying that now. So sometimes in Steeler Nation, we're just, uh, we're not satisfied unless there's a ring on the finger. And I know that. I mean, there's great heritage of winning, but you're not going to win every single year, and we've seen it. We have the most Super Bowl wins of any team in the, in the entire league since uh, 1967, and that's six. And nobody has eclipsed that. No one has tied that. So what I'm saying right now is can't win them every year, but Mike Tomlin has done nothing to warrant leaving, and he's not going to. He controls his fate, and that's the way it should be. So we agree on that. We are both going to go fact on that, that Mike Tomlin will be the Steeler head man in the next five years. Let's go to number five. This one's a fun one. William Gay will become the Steelers' all-time pick-six champ in 2016. Factor fiction. You know, this one's an interesting um, one because if you take a look at him, he's a guy who's 31 years old, you know, he's been a Steeler for a long, long time. And, and we're talking about a guy who has a knack, although he gets credited with maybe not being the best tackler ever. Um, he is still a phenomenal player defensively. He has five touchdowns, pick sixes, uh, in his career. Now, I think that this might be a bit of an outlier, and I'm going to have to say fiction that he won't. Uh, mainly because in 2014, he had three. Three in one season, uh, and last year he had one, and the year before that yep. he had one. But in those years before, I mean, granted, there was an Arizona Cardinals year right in there in about 2012. But, you know, he was a guy who never really had that precision to the ball. Now, a lot of people would tend to disagree with me on that. He's starting to develop it now. That's been the big thing. He just needed to really see NFL ball for a long time, and, you know, it has been a long time. It's been eight years. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that, you know, this is a guy who maybe has just got been, you know, right place, right time. I don't think he's the best anticipator at getting to the ball, um, and maybe the numbers would disagree with me a little bit, but I just think from what I've seen from him, I, I feel like he has been one of the reasons why we keep saying the Steelers don't have a great pass defense. I feel like it's been him and the combination of Mike Mitchell, uh, you know, and upon Ike Taylor's departure, like this team secondary has struggled. I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, I really hope he improves just for the general sake of the team, but I don't see it for William Gay. Zach, if it wasn't for number 22, William Gay, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have not made the playoffs last year. He had two, he had a pick six last year at a very crucial time against Cincinnati. He had another one the year before against Cincinnati, so I'd like to see him do it once again against Andy Dalton. But William Gay really helped bolster that secondary last year. I know it was I, it was the weak link of the team, but without him, I shudder to think what the results would have been. William Gay was a big help in that secondary, and for, for a fan base that did not want to see him back, if you talked about losing him this year, they were like, no, can't lose William Gay. I think William Gay 
is at the point where he's seeing the ball better. I think he's playing better football in the last few years, and I think he's going to do it, and I think he's going to break the record. Whoever thought that he would be breaking Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer, all-world Rod Woodson's record, love Rod Woodson, but I'd love to see an everyman like William Gay go ahead and get that title of Mr. Pick Six in Pittsburgh, and I think he's going to do it. And so I'm going to say fact on that, and that's with a lot of hope and the fan in me coming out. But I'm going to be rooting it on. I'm going to say he's going to do it once again against Andy Dalton, week two in Pittsburgh. That is my prediction, and we both hope I'm right. <laughs> well, let's just let me just say really quick. I mean, Rod Woodson, Mr. Pick Six. I mean, this is a guy who really had a knack for seeing the football, and you know, had 12 in his whole career. Uh, the only man who's under him right now is Darren Sharper and Charles Woodson, who just called it quits as well. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of other players out there that might have that better. And, you know, part of a pick six is just right time, right place. I mean, getting an interception is one thing, but then proceeding it to take it back to the house, you either, A, got to be elusive as hell, get around every other player you can see on the field, or you got to be in a little bit of open field situations. I mean, look at some of these guys – uh, you know, that are on this list with all-time pick sixes. I mean, guys like Carlos Dansby is a defensive end. You know, <laughs> Dominic Rogers Cromartie, I don't think a lot of people would lump him in uh, with great cornerbacks. And they have more than William Gay, both of them, in their career. So, I mean, this is kind of a thing that's almost a miscellaneous stat. Um, I'd love to see him take down Woodson's record. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, how amazing is it that you could be potentially the best defensive back in the history of the game? Uh, and maybe the best defensive back to ever play Steeler football uh, on top of that. But I really don't think he's going to do it this year. Maybe look out for the following year. We'll see how it goes. Let me ask you a question because I think I recall this right, and I'm having trouble looking it up right now, but didn't he have one get called back in the wild card game against Cincinnati? Oh, yes. No, this I remember. Yes, I do. So he that's, actually did. That's what I thought. In that case. So, yes, so technically two uh, if you count that. But, hey, the the flag doesn't lie, right? Come on, Brian. Yeah. we got to say that. It gets called back at the end of the day. It's not a touchdown. Yeah, but that flag had nothing to do with that play whatsoever. That was just bad luck. But, but it did lend to one of the great finishes that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And I've been following the, the Pittsburgh Steelers since the 1970s, since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> Let's go on to number six in our final, our final can in the six-pack of fact or fiction. This is a guy that a lot of people had high hopes for, a high-character guy that has struggled in Pittsburgh. Shamarco Thomas, his days in Pittsburgh are numbered. Fact or fiction? You know, my inner Syracusian in me wants to say fiction. I, I go to the beautiful Syracuse University in the middle of nowhere, New York, and I will tell you right now that I also have high hopes for Mr. Shamarco Thomas. I think that there was a lot of good uh, when he played at Cuse. He was arguably the best defensive player uh, that was there. You know, he was coupled uh, right after the Ryan Nassib era. Uh, of Syracuse football. You know, there was a lot of good to be seen in him. He fell a little bit in the draft. There were a lot of projections saying that he'd be uh, late second round, early third. And then all of a sudden, he falls in the fourth. And a lot of people weren't really sure why. And guess why? 
he gets burnt and burnt bad. The guy gets, you know, has some hesitation steps to him. He doesn't play as confidently uh, as someone in the defensive backside of the field should play. And ultimately, he, he's just not strong enough to really compete with a lot of these wideouts, and it's really tragic. I think that you could give the guy a lot of credit uh, for really putting in the work, but, you know, when he steps out onto an NFL field, he almost looks a little bit uncomfortable, I want to say. And, and I really hate to use that word because I feel like Steelers players, you know, there's just a lot of them who just embody a lot of confidence. But now we're taking a look at a guy who's 25 right now. You know, you're bringing in a lot of youth with Artie Burns and Sean Davis right now. I mean, this is a guy who last year had 12 tackles in the entire season, and it's his fourth year. Granted, he's not in any sort of starting spot, but he played in a lot of games. I mean, we are talking about him playing pretty much every week and not getting tackles in some of those weeks, which was really, really bad, especially for a look like Steeler football. Um, You know, he was – the second round, the second pick of the fourth round there for the Steelers. And, and I definitely think if they could go back in time, they would have to change it. I think with the incoming youth, Shamarco Thomas's days are, are very much numbered. I have to go fact. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you on that. I will say fact also. And it's with a heavy heart because he is a nice kid. We hear all the, we have heard in the last few months about the character of Artie Burns having to step up and take care of his family after tragedy. That was the same story with Shamarco Thomas Jr. After uh, both his um, mother and father had passed away, he took care of four children and was still in college playing football, did not quit, made it to be drafted in the NFL. I had the pleasure of meeting Shamarco last year um, at an autograph signing in uh, Chantilly, Virginia. And... um, I actually got to see him in action with his brothers and sisters uh, walking around during a break. And I had a chance to talk to him. I mentioned that to him. We we discussed that briefly. He's just a nice person, high-character guy, somebody that you really root for, and you hope that he can bring it together. This is his last chance. The window is closing on Shamarco. He had a tough year last year on special teams with some some penalties that were poorly timed, especially uh, in the Denver game. Um, one was just a dunderheaded decision that uh, um, with uh, letting uh, Jordan Norwood pick, pick up the ball and go right past him. Another uh, very uh, ill-advised penalty um, on special teams last year, and he was supposed to be the guy that stepped in after Troy Polamalu left, and he could not get on the field other than special teams. And that greatly concerns me for the future of such a high-character, nice guy that you really want to see succeed. I'm hoping this year in training camp that uh, he plays with reckless abandon, goes in there and earns a spot, and surprises a lot of people and proves all of us wrong. But right now, I will say fact that his days are numbered in Pittsburgh. So, Brian, I'll say first off that I don't think that he's not going to get a roster spot. I think this is a guy who's shown his worth. Um, He's proven that he wants to be a Steeler, and he's proven that he wants to play this game. Uh, You know, there's a lot of – in a league where a lot of people have some attitude adjustments, attitude is – or attitude problems. Attitude adjustments are certainly something he never has to make. 
he is a smart kid, um, you know, and, and really, like you said, comes from a, a really great story, and that's partially why I really don't want to see him go on top of him being a Syracuse guy. Um, but this is a make-or-break season for him. You know, I think that, you know, he's a kid who has a nice lot. He's got, you know, a nice, you know, set of family and, you know, great background to him, great hustle and heart. Uh, but, not, you know, nice lot, no spot, uh, you know, unfortunately. So I think he'll itch out a roster spot, but I don't think he's going to earn himself a starter spot or even some minutes uh, slots for himself. Well, and if then why give him a spot then at that point um, just to be there for special teams? But his, uh, he's, his contract is going to be up because he's, if I'm not mistaken, he has not been uh, – extended for that fifth year on that rookie contract. So I believe this is his last chance, but I don't even know if he's going to make the roster. But uh, so we will both agree on that one, that that's fact. But uh, I think we could both agree on the fact that uh, we uh, hope that's not true and hope he has a – hope he could salvage his career and uh, stay longer in Pittsburgh. That would be great if he uh, – he would be a key cog, but I know. Brian, at the, Brian, at the end of the day, you know, football is a business, and if it has to be a business decision where this team has to let him go, great character, not great talent. Exactly, and I agree with you on that. Well, that is Steeler Factor Fiction. Now, we're going to give you a chance to call in, if you would like, to discuss any of the six facts or fictions that we spoke about this evening. That's 347-850-8581. 347-850-8581. Lots of things we talked about tonight. But, Zach, what do you have for a final fact tonight? Well, my final fact for the night, and it bases off of, if you heard our episode last week, uh, we talked about the fragility of Le'Veon Bell. And I said he's not a fragile guy. And I want to make something very clear. I want to make a definitive statement here and say that Le'Veon Bell is so not fragile. My final fact says that he will play each and every game that the Steelers want him to play next year. That's right. Every single game that Le'Veon Bell is told, suit up, you're playing, he will play in. Um, and that is simply because I think that this guy has a lot to prove. I think a lot of people are doubting whether or not he can make it through the full season. And I think he's going to show everybody up and then some. Uh, he might get a break towards the end of the season. That doesn't count if, if the Steelers tell him to take a rest for a game. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I think if the Steelers are in a situation where they're knocking on the back door of the playoffs come week 16 or 17, he's going to be playing those games, and he's going to be playing each and every one in between from the first snap in September. Well, that's a uh, rap lyrics don't lie. He wants 15 mil a year. He's going for it. <laughs> so he's going to do everything he can to try to earn that 15, even though I don't think that's going to happen, at least not in Pittsburgh. But uh, that would be great if that happens. I, uh, I hope you're right on that. My final fact for the night, I mentioned rap lyrics. Let's talk about Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion, Calvin Broadus, whoever he is, notable Pittsburgh fan. He likes to go on social media and rant about the Pittsburgh Steelers when things are not going our way. I am going to say this year, my final fact is that Snoop Dogg will not be given an opportunity to rant 
on social media about the maladies of the Pittsburgh Steelers because it is going to be a fantastic season and Snoop is going to be doing nothing but celebrating and no complaining from Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion, or once again, whatever his name is. And we will see one of my favorite things, listen to the Snoop Dogg rant. I do enjoy that, but that always means that things are going wrong. Zach, we do have a phone call. He's quite the character, though. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, before we get to our caller, he's quite the character, but have you ever seen the guy play basketball? Oh, my God, he's horrible. Absolutely terrible. (laughs) He's got got the length. (laughs) Yeah, he has the length, but he was playing in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, one of my favorite things. That's a bucket list thing for me to do is to play in that. And, uh, And he is just bad, really bad. Bieber was even better than him, wasn't he? Bieber was fantastic. Bieber's got a weird two-hand set shot, but somehow the basketball goes in, so I guess he's good then? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, that was a fun one. We do have somebody on the line, and if I'm not mistaken with the area code, this might be Brooklyn. Let's go to the phones. Who do we have on Steeler Factor Fiction? Hey, guys, this is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. How you doing? Bryce, I thought that was you. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good out here. So what's going on? What do you think tonight? Um, so a couple things. One, uh, let's go to the first one. Have the, are, are the Bengals public enemy number one? That is fiction. Um, okay. To me, it is still Baltimore Ravens since 2013. The Pittsburgh Steelers two and five against the Ravens. Ravens have been kicking our butts, and I think this is the year they need to get a sweep. Um, the Ravens are still a team, even though they were down last year. The way they play, the way the DNA of the team over the years, don't expect them to be down that much. I, I mean, even though the Bengals have AJ Green's given the Ravens a lot of problems. I still think, come crunch time, the Ravens are a tougher football team. They're built like the Steelers. And, you know, Pittsburgh against Cincinnati, 5-2 and two since 2013. This is a team that is talented on paper, but I think between the lines still isn't tough enough to play against the Steelers and really thwart them. They find a way to lose. They're choke artists. It's still the Baltimore Ravens' number one rival, um, in, my, in my opinion. Well, Bryce, let me let me just say, so I agree with you on that 100%. I think that this is a team, it, it's been smash-mouth football for the last 10 years, e- even longer than that. But it has yeah. just been a, a vicious, vicious rivalry that has happened in this. And I think it was more interesting when Joe Flacco showed a ton of dominance. You know, there was a lot of talk. I mean, I'm from... Well, I'm out in Western Maryland, so I hear all the time, oh, Joe Flacco, elite, man. He can, he can just throw the ball like no other fantastic blue hen, yada, yada. But the bottom line is, is since Flacco's been going a little bit downhill since he got his checks, uh, you know, it hasn't made it as interesting. But I'll agree with you on both the defensive side that these teams just hate each other at the core. That's why they're my favorite public enemy right now. Uh, it's always a good time going to the games, but that's really where I sit on that. Well, I can actually tell you, I think it's a menage a trois of hate. They all hate each other equally. Right. And if the Browns ever get good again, um, it'll be a foursome. But at this point right now, I think that maybe I'm blinded by Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones and all the, uh, 
all the chaos that happened last year. But I really feel that Cincinnati is sneaking its way in. There's a lot of disrespect from both Pittsburgh and Baltimore against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the fact that that fan base, maybe maybe they just annoy me way too much. But uh, good points all around. I will say this. Baltimore Ravens had a bad season last year. But yeah. if you think for a second that they're going to have one this year, that that wasn't an aberration, then you're just crazy because that is a team that is going to be playing good football this year. And hopefully that for Baltimore fans, they're not going to be having the injuries that they had last year because they were just – they were snake bit. Yeah, I mean, that's a team that, look, they were bad last year and swept us. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need to know in terms of this yeah. team's going to play us. That was the last game, too. That was painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, just, <laughs> it was, it was terrible to watch, um, you know, be, because they play football a certain style that they're built to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they want to do because they're our number one rival. I mean, look, there's a lot of disrespect and hatred between AFC North teams in general. You know, Burford's a good player. Pac-Man Jones, to me, is a good player. Not great. He's never been elite to me. And Vontez Burford in the playoff game wasn't even the best linebacker on the field. That was Ryan Shazier. So you got, a, you got a lot of young dudes with the Bengals that talk a lot, but they can't back it up in between the lines when it matters because they don't know how to win. So that's why I go with the Baltimore Ravens. Real quick, my second point, um, uh, Sanquez Golston, um, as DBs who never played, will be the biggest impact. Fiction. I'm going with Sean Davis, the safety. I really like this guy. I like it. I think Sean Davis, because of his smarts and size and speed and ability, not only did they draft him, of course, safety, I think he's the fifth corner on the team, or could be, um, if Doran Grant doesn't play well. He can play corner in a pinch, and his coverage ability and ability to just lock on guys and tight ends, I think is going to give him a nice advantage to come in, play well, play in spots, and play in certain situations and sub-packages, and play very well. Guys like that can come in and play because they can man you up, and they're not afraid to hit you. Sean Davis will hit you. He was very productive. I'm going to go with Davis. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this in last week's show, right, but I, I think that Sean Davis, your argument that he can play corner in a pinch, he can, but he's not going to play very well. I mean, he right. was burnt multiple times at University of Maryland when he was on that corner position, so he's got a long way to go from that. That being right. said, over-the-middle passing, you know, stuff like you were mentioning, to you know, dump routes to tight ends, he's all over that. I mean, he's going to be on that, like, black and white on a newspaper. I mean, it's going to be fantastic <laughs> for him to see I like the prediction. I think it might be giving him a little bit too much credit. I think he's going to need a few years of developmental stuff, but I like the way you're thinking. I'm hoping that's the way he plays. The one thing we could all agree on is there's a lot of excitement and a lot of new talent getting ready to line up in the Steelers' secondary. I think you can't go wrong with either of those guys. And we mentioned Artie Burns before, too. So between Burns, Davis, and Golson, Wow, the future is looking so bright, i got to wear shades. <laughs> yeah, the guy I like in that group, not even, you know, Sean Davis, Golson, I think could be well. You know, I really like Ross Cockrell. He's the oh, guy I that I like really Ross like too. in that group because I think he's so – there are a lot of things people don't talk about in terms of his size, he's got length, he's heady, he's not afraid to come in there and play, and he can run with you. I think it's the guy that can have a nice year. You know, that's a guy they were looking at, Bryce, um, back in, I believe, uh, 2014 when he came out. They were definitely looking at him, 
in the fourth round, but they went towards Martavis Bryant. Um, in fact, from what I understand from draft talk, that uh, that it was almost a, a toss-up between who they were going for, and since they were targeting uh, Bryant in the third round and eventually went with Dree Archer, which we all know that was a mistake, but uh, they were actually looking at him, and then he ended up going in the fourth round to Buffalo, and Buffalo went ahead and cut him last year, and uh, right in the final cuts, and he landed in Pittsburgh. I think he's going to be a very tough player on that secondary. I'm excited to see more from Roth. And the other thing about Roth, he went to Duke to play football at Duke. Not only do you have to have talent, but you have to be smart to play any sport at Duke. You have to yes. have some intelligence. And Ross Cockrell definitely has some intelligence, and you need that in the secondary also. I like that. I'm glad you brought up Ross because he's a tough player too. Yeah, he is. Um, Ross is Ross is a guy that's very underrated. I mean, he came in under adverse circumstances and played very well. And and uh, you know, I think having a year under his belt with that experience is going to serve him pretty well. Well, that's great. Anything else? Uh, Anything else on the six-pack that you want to go ahead and discuss? Right now I'm 0 for 2 with you, Bryce. Is there anything you agree with me on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one thing. You, you had a fact or fiction about Tomlin. and What was it? I, I didn't catch it. It's that he will last uh, more than five years. Actually, my ultimate fact, I changed that to the fact that Mike Tomlin goes when Mike Tomlin wants to go. Oh, I think that is fact. And I tell you what. I think Mike's a little bit of different breed than Bill Cowher. Um, I'm sure Mike has interests, but Bill Cowher was was a lot more eclectic than people gave him credit for. Whereas Mike is this guy. He's very interesting. He's, he's, he's very much about family and football. I don't think he has much going else else going on in life. <laughs> and so I think that's what he's happy with. And he's going to stay with this team because I think with the quarterback and if the running back stays healthy, he's going to get two more Super Bowls. I agree with that. Zach? I can only hope for two more Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Since Ben plays a lot like John Elway, I think as he gets later, he'll still be able to throw it. But he'll have the running back, like like if Le'Veon stays healthy and gets signed, like TD, he'll be able to give it to him, and he'll be able to get us over the hump with that defense coming of age in the next few years. I, I can see two more Super Bowls. Well, fantastic. I like the way you think, Bryce, and I'm sure we are going to hear from you next week. And uh, right now I'm just going to invite you on, so I want to hear from you next week, and uh, we'll have so much more to talk about. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks for showing some love. I'll see you later. All right, buddy. Bye. Bryce from Brooklyn. Well, fantastic. That's going to wrap up the show tonight. It is uh, 10.56 on the East Coast, so... uh, Old Bry is going to get ready to go to bed, and Zach, whatever you do out there in L.A., you have fun. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. I will enjoy the sun. All right. Once again, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. It's frankwalkerlaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider. 
for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Zach, as always, we had a lot of great stuff to talk about. We agreed, we disagreed, but one thing we did was have fun talking about our Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, absolutely. Only every single time we come on here, Brian, and we're always happy to have more callers call in. So feel free to give us a ring next time. And definitely, and do not forget, on SB Nation, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, everything you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's commentary, whether it's uh, groundbreaking articles, whether it's uh, you know, quick hits and fast news, you're going to get it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check that out. And check us out next week. It's six-pack fact or fiction for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a wrap, and that's a fact. For Brian Davis and Zach Parnes, good night, everybody. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.